0: Section 20 of the American Egypt This is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Recording by Lynn Thompson the American Egypt by Channing Arnold and Frederick J. Tabor Frost section 20 Palenque Menche and on the Usama the ruins of palenque stand shrouded in the dense forest about one hundred miles southeast of san juan batista the capital town of the state of tabasco their ancient name is unknown for years they have been called by the spaniardized indians casas de piedras houses of stone they lie about eight miles from the village of palenque from which they take their present generally accepted name apart from the fact that they are beyond dispute culturally the most remarkable of all the groups of ruined cities so far discovered in central america they have a very special interest in having been the first discovered to archaeology and the first to fire that train of enthusiastic research which during the many years which have elapsed since the first romantic accounts of them penetrated to europe has borne such rich fruit the Spanish Vandals had taken good care to destroy on the sites of the newly founded cities such as Merida and Valladolid all vestiges of the ancient grandeur of Mayan buildings. If anybody troubled to remember that in the earliest years of the conquest the caciques of Chichen, Uxmal and so on had proved troublesome foes there was certainly no one intelligent or energetic enough to bother himself with a journey to these dead cities. And so it was that when in 1770 some stray Spanish travelers stumbled across Palenque The news of their discovery burst like a bombshell in archaeological Europe It was not until 1776 however that the king of Spain ordered an exploration on the 3rd of May 1787 one captain Antonio del Rio was commissioned to investigate the romantic report of the hidden city in his official account he writes that on his first attempt owing to the thickness of the woods and a fog so dense that it was impossible for the men to distinguish each other at five paces the principal building was completely concealed from their view after a delay of a few days occupied by him in collecting several score of indians to clear the woods he was enabled to make a survey his written report for some unexplained reason was for years buried in the archives of guatemala not seeing the light until eighteen twenty two when the original manuscript somehow fell into the hands of an english traveller who published it in london in that year meantime in eighteen o seven by the order of charles the fourth of spain a captain dupet visited Palenque. it was not until eighteen thirty five Twenty-eight years after his expedition, that the report of Dupe was published in Paris in four folio volumes at the price of eight hundred francs. Before Stevens's investigations, the wildest reports as to the extent of the ruins were current. These varied between sixty miles and twenty miles. Stevens once and for all gave the lie to these fairy tales and showed that the ruins did not cover a square mile. But this fact does not weigh against the assumption so soundly based upon the grandeur and artistic glories of the buildings that palenque was once a great and powerful city for as elsewhere the hundreds of dwellings which clustered around its temples and palaces were houses of perishable materials which long ago rotted away in the forest the largest ruin is the palace which stands on an oblong mound forty feet high three hundred and ten feet long and two hundred and sixty feet wide this gigantic mound was once faced entirely with stone The building on it faces east and has a frontage of two hundred and twenty-eight feet a depth of 180 and a height of 25 There were 14 doorways each about nine feet wide it is of stone throughout Though the whole front was once stuccoed and painted The spaces between the doorways were carved with bas-reliefs. The chief doorway is approached by stone steps. Along the cornice outside, which projected about a foot, holes had been drilled through the stone, which suggests that by their means an immense sun curtain was sometimes lowered to cover the fourteen doorways. Two parallel corridors run lengthwise on all four sides of the building, and it is upon the corridor to the east that all fourteen doors opened. These corridors are about nine feet wide. The floors are of cement, the walls ten feet high and plastered. The inner walls are broken by apertures about a foot long, doubtless for the ventilation of the interior. Some of these window slits were cross-shaped, some T-shaped. From the outer corridor, there is but one door leading to the inner corridor. In turn, 30 steps lead down to a rectangular courtyard 80 feet long by 70 feet broad. On each side of these steps are figures in bas-relief 9 feet odd high. On each side of this courtyard, the palace is divided into apartments, the arrangement of which, intricate in the extreme, will be seen from the reproduction we make of Stevens's ground plan. A second flight of stairs leads out westward through two corridors, and by more steps to a second courtyard eighty feet long and thirty wide so far the arrangements of the palace are much more those of other mayan buildings though on a grander scale but the peculiar feature is a tower on the south side of the second court at the base it is square and has three stories within it is a smaller tower separate from the outer one and containing a staircase also of stone so narrow only a small man could ascend this staircase ends dead against the stone ceiling from which the last step is only six or eight inches such a deliberate cul-de-sac stair is so incomprehensible as to defeat one's efforts to even suggest an explanation the chichin caracol stairs which we explored scarcely in our view offer the same difficulty for they did appear to have once opened onto the platform of an observatory turret but mayan buildings are indeed full of features which are whimsical in the extreme and suggest that either the builders were often demented caciques or that buildings such as the palenque palace represent the architectural efforts of several generations of chiefs and that the later ones by their additions rendered nugatory perhaps deliberately, the designs of the first buildings. East of the tower is another building with two corridors, one ornamented with pictures in stucco, the centre of its wall bearing a curious elliptical tablet, here reproduced from Stephen's picture. The faces of the figures are notable for the pronounced profile which is found here at Piedras Negras and at Copan, but as far as we could see, not at all at Chichen, or at other of the ruins in yucatan proper this tablet is stephen says the only stone carving in the palace except those already mentioned in the courtyard under it once stood a table at the end of the corridor containing it an opening in the floor leads by steps to a series of subterranean apartments with windows opening from them above the ground thus forming a ground floor below the level of the corridors. Here are several more stone tables. At the extreme southwest corner of the palace, connected with it by a subterranean passage, is a pyramidal structure which once had stairways on all its faces. The sides are very steep and measure about a 100 feet on the slope. The building is 76 feet long and 25 deep. It has five doors separated by six piers the front is richly ornamented with stucco designs and hieroglyphics at each end Ninety-six glyphs in each tablet the center four piers are carved with human figures two on each side facing each other These are very interesting for they are we believe of a design elsewhere unknown in Central America representing women with children in their arms The front corridor is seven feet wide and is divided from the inner corridor by a massive wall having in it three doors At each side of the center door is a tablet of hieroglyphics Each 13 feet wide and eight high and divided into two hundred and forty glyphs Each tablet projects three or four inches from the wall in the rear corridor to which these three doors give admission is another tablet four feet six inches by three feet six inches covered with hieroglyphics Stevens says that the building was called by the local indians a school but the padre of palenque suggested that it was the courthouse and that these hieroglyphic tablets were the tables of the law who shall say to the east of this court of justice if such indeed it was Is another pyramid a hundred and thirty-four feet high measured on the slope with a building on top it has a frontage of fifty feet is thirty-one deep and has three doorways the whole front is of stucco ornamentation with hieroglyphics on the piers divided into two corridors this building is probably the most remarkable of all mayan buildings by reason of the altar tablet in the inner room it was 10 feet 8 inches wide and 6 feet 4 inches high and consisted of three separate stones the middle one had been removed before stevens's visit he found it lying near the stream which runs through the group of ruins the right-hand stone had been quite destroyed stevens conjectures probably rightly that it was covered with hieroglyphics like that on the left this is the famous table of the cross the most wonderful inscription so far discovered in the new world and it is well to say at once that the title is misleading the so-called cross it is suggested is a cosmogonical symbol of the mayans representing the tree of life growing out of a cube-shaped world having as its base a fantastic head this may be so though we venture to think it may have quite another origin as we suggest later close to this building are two more which are also obviously temples the three have been named temple of the cross temple of the cross number two according to mr w h holmes or of the foliated cross according to mr maudsley and the temple of the sun in each is found the same alleged cosmic sign the tree of life each was doubtless a temple The second two buildings are almost identical in structure with number one in The Temple of the Sun is an altar slab quite as remarkable as that in the Temple of the Cross It is nine feet wide and eight feet high and it is composed of three separate stones a Comparison of these extraordinary carvings shows the great similarity in the pose and dress of the figures but in that of the temple of the sun, the figures stand on crouching fantastic forms, and between them is a rectangular table curiously adorned and resting on two more crouching figures. From this table project two crossed lances, the point of intersection being hidden by a grotesque face which Mayan students have agreed to regard as a symbol of the sun. The main figures would seem to be priests, or perhaps a priest and his assistant. They hold in their hands what look like human figures for sacrifice. The key to these wonderful bas reliefs lies in the glyphs. Professor Forstman would have us believe that these are but a compilation of month and day signs, that, in fact, the tablets are much like those almanacs which a country grocer presents to his customers an attractive picture in the middle, surrounded by the days of the month. We do not believe it, We never shall be able to believe it and in the chapter on the glyphs We shall attempt to show that the professor has been run away with by his own theories It is far more likely that these wonderful Calculiform letters enshrine a dedicatory prayer to the presiding deity of the temple with perhaps a full description of the God and his attributes On the piers at each side of the temple are stone tablets carved in bas-relief each with a figure of which we reproduce Stephen's drawing. They undoubtedly represent priests in full ceremonial dress. The drawings form their own commentary. Noteworthy in the second is the appearance of fishes in the headdress, which appears to be composed of a bird holding a fish. Some 1,500 feet to the south of these temples is yet another pyramid, crowned by a building 20 feet long and 80 feet deep. Which Stevens found in almost complete ruin. The most remarkable feature of it is a bas-relief which once represented a couch formed of a two-headed jaguar, some portions of the figure once seated still remaining. Of this couch design we shall have more to say when we come to our arguments as to the origin of Mayan architecture. Near the Temple of the Sun, Stevens found the only statue so far discovered at Palenque. It is ten feet six inches high two feet six inches of which is in the ground and the sides are rounded while the back is of rough stone Many have been the visitors to palenque during the sixty-eight years which have elapsed since Stevens explored it But little or nothing has been discovered which would justify a reversal of that famous archaeologist's finding viz that the stories of the vast area of the ruins are mere fairy tales And that in the buildings here briefly described we have the relics of the only important stone structures of a once great and powerful city That it was desolate at the time of the conquest is more than likely For it is absolutely certain that Cortez in his march to Honduras Passed within less than 30 miles of its site and had it then been in that full zenith of power Which the splendor of its buildings? irresistibly suggests it once enjoyed it is incredible that the conqueror of mexico should not have met its cacique in a pitched battle between 70 and 80 miles to the east southeast of the ruins of palenque on the southwestern bank of the usumacinta are the ruins of menche some attempts have been made in recent years to identify this with that phantom city of which the cura of santa cruz del quiche gave stevens in eighteen thirty nine an entrancing account he the cura, when young had with much labour climbed to the naked summit of the sierra from which at a height of ten or twelve thousand feet he looked over an immense plain extending to yucatan and the gulf of mexico and saw at a great distance a large city spread over a great space and with turrets white and glittering in the sun apart from the fact that the excellent padre had probably allowed his imagination to run riot there is really no ground for aggrandizing menche at the expense of the neighboring palenque which was once undoubtedly the larger city this portion of the usumacinta cinta lies within the tribal area of the lacandoni indians who still maintain their independence and thus it is quite possible that the city which is to-day represented by the ruins was inhabited to a much later date than the cities of Yucatan. M. Charnay visited the ruins in 1880 and endeavoured to saddle them with the name L'Orillard City, in complimentary allusion to Mr. L'Orillard, the chocolate millionaire who had defrayed the chief cost of the French archaeologist's tour. The honour of their discovery really belongs to that earnest and unselfish archaeologist, Mr. Maudsley. The Ruins consist of temples and palaces of a construction very similar to all those buildings which are found at Palenque and around But Charnay says they are smaller and less richly decorated than those at Palenque They seem for some reason to have suffered severely from weather wear for all trace of outer decoration is gone The chief ruin is that of a palace built on a high pyramid in six blocks forming a rectangle Such is the account Monsieur Charnay gives of it, but he states that though the outline can be traced the whole of the building is now in complete ruin About a hundred and fifty yards from the river on a pyramid about a hundred and twenty feet high is a building sixty-eight feet long and about twenty feet deep Which has three doorways its interior is remarkable only for the fact that it contained a huge stone idol which is unique of its kind Charnay describes it as a figure sitting cross-legged the hands resting on the knees the attitude is placid and dignified like a buddha statue the face now mutilated is crowned by an enormous head-dress of peculiar style presenting a fantastic head with a diadem and medallion topped by feathers the dress consists of a rich cape embroidered with pearls a medallion on each shoulder and in front recalling roman decorations the same ornamentation is seen on the lower part of the body having much larger medallion and fringed maxedly the arms are covered with heavy bracelets around the idol monsieur charnay found clay incense burners moulded into face forms such as have been unearthed again and again on the usumacinta and in guatemala and which have proved to be in actual daily use to-day, in the temple of the Lacandoni Indians. The walls of this temple M. Charnay describes as being blackened, doubtless from the smoke of offerings. Above the cornice of the buildings is a stone lattice work fourteen feet high, almost identical in design with that which we have described in our account of the House of the Pigeons of Uxmal. Close to this temple is a building 65 feet long and 52 deep To the southwest of this on another pyramid is a second temple noteworthy for the carved lintels These represent scenes of sacrifice like those described at Palenque But there is more animation in the figures of the second one which represents a kneeling priest passing a rope through his tongue while over him stands another ecclesiastic in his hands the crozier like wand of office which again and again occurs in mayan ceremonial carvings these lintels which were discovered by mr maudsley were by him with infinite trouble carried to the coast and shipped to england and are now in the british museum among other exhibits of which he has been the generous donor this passing of a rope through the tongue represents a form of worship of which sahagun historia general de las cosas de la nueva España writes they pierced a hole with a sharp itzli knife through the middle of the tongue and passed a number of twigs according to the degree of devotion of the performer these twigs were sometimes fastened the one to the other and pulled through the tongue like a long cord torquemada also speaks of these penances as occurring in mexico the priests of quetzalcoatl Provided themselves with sticks two feet long and the size of their fist and with them They repaired to the main temple where they fasted five days Then carpenters and tool workers were brought who were required to fast the same number of days At the end of which time they were given food within the precincts of the temple The former worked the sticks to the required size while the tool makers made knives with which they cut the priests tongues more prayers followed When all the priests prepared for the sacrifice the elders giving the example of passing through their tongues four or five hundred twigs followed by such among the young who had sufficient courage to imitate them but the pain was so sharp that few went through the whole number for although the first twigs were thinned out they became stouter each time until they attained the size of a thumb sometimes twice as much in the neighborhood of Menche. A further group of ruins, those of Piedras Negras, showed abundant signs of the high level of culture which is associated with Palenque and Menche, as will be seen by the photograph, which we are able to reproduce through the courtesy of the accomplished and indefatigable field-worker and scholar, Theobert Mahler, to whom, we believe, belongs the honour of being the first to make known the extent and treasures of this group what is abundantly proved by his mr maudsley's and other students researches in the usema cinta district is that the whole country around is rich in ruins and many more besides those so far located may possibly be discovered in the future and here a further puzzle presents itself such evidence as exists in the spanish records seems to point to the fact that all these cities were in a deserted or at any rate a decadent state on the arrival of the spaniards the evidence is not by any means conclusive as little or no reliance can be placed on the spanish chroniclers who are silent upon so much else but such as it is it deserves weighing granting for the moment then that Palenque and these other centres were ruined at the conquest why was this so an explanation might be found in the supposition that the militant aztecs had made extensive raids as far south as honduras and had proved themselves entirely superior to the mayans scattering and slaughtering them and possibly after a short occupation had returned northward leaving the conquered citizens too broken and fearful to attempt a restoration of their grand centres dreading further raids dr Gann, british commissioner at corausal told us he found in honduras wall paintings of undoubted aztec origin which discovery would seem to support this view it certainly seems to us a more reasonable explanation than the one some students have adopted viz that the cities of the yucatán represent an age of culture between which and that of northern and northeastern yucatán stretches a gap of many centuries any aztec raids honduras woods would certainly follow a route well south of yucatan and through the yucatana country yet another explanation might be that the victories of cortez had the result of driving large bodies of aztecs southward that these possessed themselves of many mayan cities and that later on cortez advancing south they deserted them and took to the dense surrounding woods It must also be remembered that even if the Spanish conqueror passed within eight or ten leagues of such a city as Palenque And did not hear of its existence It might yet well be that it was still inhabited as none of the Indians met on the line of March Would be likely to volunteer any information to the hated whites End of section 20